Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today, we're talking to Eric Cross. You likely know him from Fantrax. And he's also been very kind to endure me doing multiple takes on the intro, which is never the story, but it did this time. And that's just because I'm so intimidated to talk to Eric Cross. Eric, great to have you today. <laughs> no, that, that can't be it. That can't be it. There's no intimidation factor here. Stop but. that, Eric. <laughs> uh, no, Eric, so so wonderful having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've, been, I've listened to a bunch of these when you've been doing these over the last couple of years. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, and uh, just to start off, tell everybody everything that you do and where you can be found. That's a lot, uh, but I love doing it. So <laughs> that's why I do as much as I do. But yeah, obviously, you can find me on Twitter at Eric Cross 04. All my written work is at Fantrax HQ or over on the Patreon that Chris Clegg and I have, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed. Obviously, have that podcast as well. Do uh, some stuff at Fantasy Pros as well. Kind of a little bit of a hiatus there. I'm probably picking that back up here soon, but yeah, a lot of, lot of writing, a lot of podcasting, some video, you know, the whole nine, you know it, Nick. There you go. Oh yes. Very, very well. Um, now Eric cross zero four is your Twitter handle. Is that because that's your month and date? That is the, the month of zero and the day of four. No, it's funny when, when I, uh, I had a Twitter, Twitter way back when, and when I was starting, uh, writing, I'm like, all right, let me, let me get a new Twitter handle here. And this the zero four is I'm a Red Sox fan, so oh four World Series. Oh, so of course. I threw that on because I couldn't think I just didn't want my just my name. I wanted like something else and I thought about changing it over the years, mm-hmm. but people know it as me as Eric Cross Zero Four now, so I've kind of just left it. But yeah, it was just a Red Sox thing because of the World Series. Sure. Uh yeah, it's interesting. Numbers inside of handles. I uh, you know, I uh, <laughs> I was actually able to get Gmail beta back in like 2004 or something oh, like wow. that. And what I should have done is taken, you know, my name, Nick Pollock at gmail.com. I would have been able to do that, right? Yep. Instead, I chose my AIM name with a had like, you know, my my numbers <laughs> oh, in geez. it and everything like that. And like, that is my first Gmail, you know, it wasn't until I, like college, I'm like, well, I can't be, you know, I, I think Pollock was taken, right? This is the stupidest right. thing ever. Dude, th- those and, are the uh, days though. AIM, Instant Messenger. Those were the oh, days, yeah. man. Oh, Lord. Uh, do you remember your first handle? Uh, I believe then? so. Because I grew up a big Michael Jordan fan as uh-huh. well. So I think me being like probably 12 years old at the time, this is stupid, but I think it was King Jordan Two three four five nine, which was his number twenty three, his mm. number forty five when he came back from retirement the first time, yeah, and then sure. his number number nine for his Olympic jersey. There you go. I believe That's that beautiful. was it. Way back in you're the not, day. You're not going to get mine. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing yours. Um, now, I mean, like people might know my Reddit one that I have, which is Stonewater, um, and that was actually Ooh. just for Reddit. Um, 
And the reason it's stone water is because I was going to, you know, like I thought I was going to play guitar for the rest of my life. And I was trying to think of band names. Right. And I saw almost almost famous who I think has like their fictional band as one of the best names out there, if you ask me, which is Stillwater. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, that's just the perfect amount of eeriness with like normalcy. You know what I mean? Right. It just sounds like a band. Stillwater. Stonewater so sounds pretty cool, though. It almost sounds like yeah, an, it's uh, not bad, right? an old like murder mystery from the West type of movie, too. Stonewater. Liam know? Neeson and Stonewater. No, Steven the Seagal. Is, Steven the thing Seagal. Is, yeah, it. right. Oh, God. Don't. Okay. Now I'm never going to use it. You're going to call it Steven Seagal. Jeez. Have you seen <laughs> Steven Seagal flicks in the last 10 years? Oh, boy. It's Under, um, under Siege, Under Siege 2. <laughs> Oh man, he's like a. There's this video of YouTube of of, of stuff with season Steven Seagal like acting as if he's a SEAL Team Six guy or whatever, and just not the case. Um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I've actually I've been in two bands or three bands since coming up with that, and all three of them like, no, we don't want to call ourselves Stone Water. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you tried. So so it's just a Reddit handle now, you know. Um, but but anyway, I. So, so I'm yeah, Eric Cross 04 on Twitter. Definitely uh, give Eric a follow there. Now, you're in, uh, I guess, the New England area, of course. Uh, yep. Red Sox fan. Um, I assume you grew up there. Yeah, born and raised in Maine. Never lived outside of Maine my entire life. I'm a oh, small man. town kid. I grew up in a town, which is two towns over from where I live now, of about five, six thousand people. Mm-hmm. Never lived in a town bigger than probably eleven or twelve thousand people. Just oh, a small wow. town kid, but yeah, North I love Maine. Obviously, what's of, that? Uh, Augusta. Yeah, I'm North I'm on the coast, man. I'm I'm about 15 minutes up the coast from Portland, and it's just so okay. beautiful. Yet the winters suck, but once you get through that, from like May, June through like September, October, it's just so beautiful. Summer, I mean, fall yeah. is is so beautiful here in Maine, just with the the ocean and all the the coastal things you can go do, mm-hmm. and then. Obviously, the change of scenery in the fall, it's just so beautiful. So it makes uh, suffering through the cold and in uh, snowy winters a little more tolerable. Absolutely. I was just in Bar Harbor uh, yep. about a month ago. Oh, was, it, was, that, was, that, was that your first time up there? First time, a friend's wedding. And uh, yep. a bunch of us um, got a house for the week just to enjoy it, you know, take advantage of it. And of course, Absolutely. my instinct is like, I can't. But I got to do all the live streaming. I've got to do all the podcast. I can't I can't go anywhere for a week. I mean, right. that's the world of content creation is like it doesn't stop, especially in season. You can't just turn it off. Right. You know, um, so so I mean, I made that work. I, I, I got in a little room and put up my my MacBook and like I was like, OK, we're making this work. <laughs> Make sure I felt yeah. really guilty about it. But uh, it was gorgeous. I mean, yep. It's really fun to be able to just observe these, I don't know, these cultures all of a sudden in a heartbeat. Uh, I'm so used to New York and Mm -hmm. how we work here and to be able to just remove myself and witness and experience Bar Harbor, this nice quaint town. That was kind of like me when I first time went out to first pitch out in in Arizona because I'd never been out there. I had been to Vegas once for a few days, like six seven years before that for, for sure. work but i had never been to like the you know quote unquote southwest and just being from the northeast it was just a very different cultural feel like complete Absolutely. 180 especially when, and i got in late i remember that night uh went up from the airport over got, get my rental car and just driving to my hotel at like 10 30 at night not many cars on the road just 
you know, half the stations were, you know, in Spanish and it was just a complete different feel than, right. than New England. So yeah, it was, uh, I, I can definitely relate well, to that. What was your first year? Uh, 2019. Yeah, that was my first one too. Wasn't it yeah. wild? I mean, oh. That was fun, I, yeah. Uh, oh, God. And it, it felt so frustrating, of course, that COVID happened when we're just like, okay, every year this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then, then 2020, of course, it doesn't happen. Um, yep. So excited. Yeah, we were just talking before this. Uh, two weeks from today, we're recording this on Wednesday, the, the 19th of October. We'll be there on November 2nd. I'm flying looking, in. I'll be looking forward to it. Absolutely. And I, I heard it's going to be as big as 2019 was, too. Oh, man. Of course it is. It's got to be. Everyone's yeah. going to be there. You know, it's got everything. It's like Stefan from SNL. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And what uh, do you know what you're going to be doing? Are you going to be on a panels or present? Yeah, I'm, I'm on a panel Saturday night. The uh, I think the, the 945 breakout session. And I'll actually be going straight from there over to the, the airport. So I'm leaving Sunday morning around like 1.45 a.m. Oh, wow. I got a so, red eye back. So I think we're competing. I'm doing the, the deep starting pitching at some point, which I think is then. So oh, is go to really? my panel. Don't go to Eric's. No, I'm is just it, is it to- really? I was hoping to, I saw that, too. Uh, <laughs> and I was hoping to go to that. There was like a handful. I was like, oh, I want to try to go to that. And uh, shoot, I didn't realize they were going to coincide I mean, in time. Oh, it's it's all good. Um, the, I mean, yeah, aren't you on, aren't you on a second? Are you on two panels or just one? I don't know. I, whatever they'll have me as, you know, I, anything that is starting pitchy. I'm like, hey, what's up, Brent? Can you uh, can you get me in there? That'll be lovely. Is that is that uh, the one? Is that the one with Spore as well? Oh, uh, there's something with Spore doing pitching. I'm like, how can you take? You cannot let me sit in the stands, please. I gotta get in there. <laughs> That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I was telling Chris. I'm like, anything with like where Spore and, and Nick and like all the combination of people like that reminded me of when uh, when you guys were doing a live uh, for, for I think it was Sleeper the first in the pitch. bus. Yeah, we did in 2019. Um, yeah. I was involved in that one. Yeah. And then the, the, even the one last year where um, it was you and Alex and I think uh, uh, Miles as well. Yeah, Alex wasn't able to make it. It was me and Miles. Oh, it's just uh, you and Miles. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And then Eno comes in and it was just like <laughs> that, that that whole ordeal. Well I, well, I asked him. I said, yeah, Eno, I want you to come here, come into this. He's like, can I uh, can I heckle you? I'm like, absolutely. So <laughs> he came fun. in and started shouting at me, Jose Brios is not a Toby. And guess what, you know? <laughs> guess what happened next? He's just stuck. kidding. No, that, that was that was the best. <laughs> I mean, I was actually the one like fighting for Jose Barrios a bit because I just thought he was just going to undulate back. But he never did. Anyway, this is not a fantasy baseball podcast. <laughs> this is just a lovely get to know Air Cross podcast. And, um, you know, one of the things that's really special is if you guys don't know, is that first pitch Arizona and also first pitch Florida they do in uh, in the end of February and uh, beginning of March. Hopefully they bring that back in 2023. But this is all through Baseball HQ. If you don't know about it, go uh, go just put it into Google. You'll find it. It is seriously one of the best weekends all year for us. We just all hang out and you see this wonderful community. Um, And if you guys have listened to anyone else on the show, you'll see how wonderful this community is, of course, Eric included. And uh, so continuing on here, though, you grew up in in Maine. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was what was young Eric like? What were your dreams and aspirations? (laughs) Young Eric was definitely a dreamer. Uh, I grew up playing sports, basketball and baseball primarily. Uh, was okay at baseball. I was better at basketball. Played up through varsity. I was a point guard, and you know, eleven, you twelve year old guard? me. Yeah, oh, look at guard. you. I was a point oh, man, guard. We got we got to find some courts in in Arizona. We got to do this. 
granted i'm not in the same shape i was when i was uh, in <laughs> high school yeah, no. the, though yeah who 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 at this point is but uh yeah basketball is always the sport i was best at oh, uh, we, we went we made it to uh state finals my senior year we lost though but it was always fun but when i was 11 12 you know me thinking oh i'm pretty good at this i w- i was having dreams of playing with north carolina you know, winning uh, yeah, championships, sure. playing with Paul Pierce on the Celtics, winning championships. Yeah. Then I realized, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe I'm good for a small town in Maine, but uh, <laughs> Maine isn't exactly a uh, basketball or sports in general hotbed. So mm-hmm. once I got to high school, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a this is not going to be a, a career of mine. But yeah, I was always uh, super big in the sports. That really uh, held a lot of my attention up through. You know, it's, it's obviously it still does, but never never got into like I remember the um the first Pokemon crave of like the late nineties where ninety eight percent of my wild. school was doing it, except for like me yeah. and a couple of friends were like, Hey, let's go down <laughs> let's go down to the gym and shoot hoops. I go outside and kick the soccer ball around. Like we sure, didn't get into sure. that. But yeah, always always a big sports kid. Nice. And uh so y- where did you go to school after that? Um I actually I did not go to college actually. Is um, that right? Yeah, so my father never went to college. I'm actually, uh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, it's okay. It's, it's funny because if you asked if you'd asked me this question, you know, in my early early to mid twenties, I was a little more embarrassed about it, like not going uh-huh. to college. But and as I've gotten older, you know, at the time, I didn't. I was kind of like, all right, I want to take a break. You know, uh, I was good in school. You know, a lot of some A's, some B's, some C's, uh, decent in school, honor roll, some quarters. But I was just kind of done, right? So I wanted to go into the workforce. I did that, made some money. Didn't want to be in debt right away, right? So yeah, sure. Um, and and then what a year, did you do? I, uh, like you know, you see who you are. You're it's senior year of high school. You're like I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to. So you said the workforce. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. So I for the longest time I've been basically in you know logistics. Uh, you know, setting up. You know, I've worked. Um, you know, shipping, trade shows, like you know, kind of the bigger, not not like the bigger scale shipping stuff. Right. So. But I I just talked to Michael Simeon last week. Yeah, you must have had you must have connected about this before. It, it's it's came up once or twice. I th- we do a little bit different stuff, but okay. Um, but yeah, I, I've actually I've been with the same I'd been with the same company since I was nineteen uh, until recently. So I've I've kind of been with them for a while. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I wanted to make money. Uh, right. After, so I, I got a job when I was fourteen. I worked at McDonald's when I was fourteen because. I wanted to be that kid that had the money, then have to ask mom and dad yeah, for 20, right, 20 right. bucks that's, to go to the movies, right? No, that's um, great. But yeah, so then a year off, turning the two years off, turning the three years off. And this is when I was starting to think about, all right, let me go back now. Then I started, you know, I, I met my 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 now ex-wife. I'm not sure people know that. But uh, I got got married, had kids, and did the whole family thing. So mm-hmm. uh, so then just haven't had time. And I started thinking about it again in my mid-20s. But then I started doing this and you know, started making a little money doing this and then I'm like, all right, I don't have time to go back to school. So maybe I well, will someday, but who knows? I will say my favorite thing that you said there was that maybe you were um, ashamed about it before, but you're not now. It was what I got the implication of. And that's fantastic yeah. that you're not because, yeah. Um, I mean, I certainly, uh, you know, we're, we're similar in age uh, and um, we might even be the same age. I don't actually know. I'm not going to ask you publicly on this podcast, but <laughs> I, I think I think uh, you're I think I think you're a year or two older than me, if I recall. OK. Sure. Now I need to act differently. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, no, when I was growing up, there was very much of the like, you have to go to school. There exactly, is no yep. there is nothing else. You know, obviously, 
um, the the older generation, maybe it was just simple simpler to do that. And that was a process and everything required it. The requirements now for jobs are way different, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I look at it, cool, I had to do, I'm very lucky that I didn't leave school with debt. Uh, and uh, it's a massive issue facing a lot of people now because they had mm-hmm. they went to school and really ultimately I mean there are two two reasons for going to college especially at that time one is obviously the you know you're doing this to get a skill or a craft to be able to create a career of some kind the other is for networking to actually you know discover yourself as an individual so that you can grow as a person and develop these friendships and connections that allow you to continue to do what you want to do, right? Um, and I certainly, for me, for college, like I was a psych major and computer science minor and did not do that. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to then be in debt and go to grad school for mm-hmm. psychology. And I hated right. computer science. Um, but I will say to, at least for me, the biggest benefit was discovering myself, understanding my own independence after going to the same school for 12 years beforehand, knowing the same group of people to be able to actually experience myself. But um, I guess what I'm saying is the necessity of the first part, the craft and the skills, not what it used to be there. Oh my right. God, the internet has done so much. So, it's unbelievable how easily you can learn a craft um, these days. As long as, like, you know, the biggest resource is time. There are amazing ways to spend your time to improve yourself and your mind. And school is good. There are ways to get focused on that, but they're really a a, a tool for your own discipline, um, ultimately. And there are other ways than spending exuberant amounts of money to do that. So I have all the respect for you that you did not go through that process as other people have, and you found your own path to be where you are now. And I don't, you know, as long as we keep bringing the walls down on this necessity that you have to go through this and be in debt, the better. Um, as more and more companies are saying, look, are you skilled at this thing? I don't right. care if we went to a college 15 years ago or not. Are you good at this? <laughs> you exactly. are and you're personable and we can work well together. Fantastic. Here you go. You know, like that's yep. ultimately, I think more and more the more important thing. So power to you good job i uh, you know doing that it must have been i mean it must have been hard at first uh it was, for you making yeah. that transition it was yeah because obviously you know all my friends were pretty much yeah the majority of my friends went to college uh all across the the state and the in the, in the area but you know i just and at the time i didn't know what i wanted to do uh you know 17 yeah. year old me i'm like I don't want to know what I, you know, I don't know what I want to do the rest of my life. Like I'm still like only a few years removed from thinking I was going to play in the NBA. So, um, I, I don't, I had my interests obviously, but I was like, Hey, at this point, let me, let me just go make some money and kind of figure it out along the way. And that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I'm still not, I haven't closed the door. Maybe I'll go back to try to get a journalism degree or something. Since you know, obviously the writing things kind of Mm -hmm. taken off here, but I'm just happy doing what I've been doing. And that's kind of what I've been instilling in my own children. Cause I, I have two kids. My oldest is 10 years old, fifth grade. And she's like, dad, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to college. I'm like, Hey, first off, you don't have to make that decision now. You're, you're 10 right. first off. But second off, like do what you think is right. Like, I'm not going to say, Oh, you got to go to college. Like, like you said, Nick, that was kind of when we were kids and, not, and I'm not saying by my own parents, but just like that general, you know, c- consensus was how hey, you got to go to college. And 
I didn't, I just didn't want to. And so um, there's different paths. There's obviously there's like technical schools and stuff like that. And, or just like you said, gaining experience. Right. You see that on all like a lot of job postings now, like, you know, they'll, they'll say like, Oh, you know, bachelor's degree or, you know, r- relevant experience. Yeah. So right, right. I've gone the experience route and I've been happy going the experience. route. I like that. I have a lot of experience in, in certain things and that's, I think that's helped me get to where I am now. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I, I do want to continue on that just a little bit before we do, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So continuing on your path here, so you eventually get into what you do now, which is podcasting and writing a lot about baseball. What was that transition like to you? I mean, what was the first thing that you did? So I knew starting kind of a couple couple years before I actually started, uh, that kind of the itch was there. I'm like, hey, I love playing, you know, fantasy baseball. I love baseball in general. So, you know, maybe let's try to do this on the side. Just have some fun with it. I didn't have any aspirations of making money doing it, having it turn into a side kind of gig. It's like, all right, I just enjoy it. I I look at stats all day long, box scores all day long. So why not uh why not try to do a little bit, have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I applied to a couple of sites, never heard back, but then the first uh, the fan tracks thing was actually my buddy. We had played my first fantasy league was actually, or on fan tracks, I should say, was actually a fantasy EPL soccer league. Oh, wow. Believe it or not. I don't yeah. know one thing about soccer, especially European soccer, but my buddies were doing it. They're like, hey, we need one more. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll help you out. So my buddy, long story short, he, gets, he got the, you know, all the emails from fan tracks, and he's like, hey, I just got an email that they're starting up their like a blog of sorts. Here, you should probably know you want, you've been thinking about this once you... Uh, they forwarded me the email and I applied and, and sent them a writing sample and got in. So I basically been with them since the very beginning when they started their blog back in early 2017. I think I was like the, my article was like the ninth one on site at all ever. Um, hey, all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a fun ride. That's why I've been, what, what was the, of, what was the full name of the article? It was an article about Austin Meadows back when he was still uh, a Pittsburgh pirates prospect. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I went back and found it recently too, and it's funny. I'm like, well, I think I did a decent job with it. Just you know, having the experience I have now, which includes you know editing and, and all that stuff for fan tracks, I was like, man, I would have uh, I would have changed a lot lot if I did this article today. But <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun to go back and see uh, you know some of the early work, so to speak. You know, almost six years ago at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was Austin Meadows. I was a big Austin Meadows guy back in the day, and 
still kind of am, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was fun. I, I got, got going there and then just kind of kept growing and growing and got to the point where I am now. So, so, okay. So your first company was Fantrax. It was. Yep. Oh, okay. And that was, I mean, that must've been what? 2016? Uh, 2007. My, my first article okay. was March of 2017. Because I'm thinking, when was the Chris, Chris Archer deal? And it, it must have been around then. I think it was trade that destroyed Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think it was. Maybe it was that next off season. But yeah, yeah okay. it, it was. It was shortly after that. I'm pretty sure. And um, so this was the first the first time you've written an article whatsoever. You didn't have your own blog. You didn't. You just right. uh, just applied straight to fan tracks. Yep. And then I got also later that year I started writing for Fantasy Pros. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my first stint there was about a year. Uh, I also did some work at uh, one of the fan-sided sites as well, actually writing about the Boston Celtics for a little bit uh-huh. too. Um, and then my my kind of role started to increase at Fantrax. So I kind of got rid of those back then and then focused solely on Fantrax and you know, never looked back. There you go. Uh, so what piece of advice would you give yourself uh, when you're right there at the first article at Fantrax that you know now that you wish you had then? To be yourself, because I think, or maybe not be yourself, but be you, uh, be unique is what I should say. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times people, new writers get too caught up with it being, you know, cookie cutter, so to speak, and sure. not having some, some flair as I, I like to call it and some personality to it because you can find a million articles by a million talented people about that just give that lay out the facts and those are those are fine but i think especially if something you want to if you want to grow and kind of make a name for yourself whether it be in baseball, football, basketball, whatever writing you do i think you need to stand out in some way. I don't i'm not saying be super bold and brash and stuff like that but just being unique and being yourself and having fun with it, you know? Like I said, most people, when they get into it, aren't doing it for money. They're doing it because it's a, something right. they love. You, you love baseball. You love fantasy baseball. And you want to write about that and share your passion with others. So show that. Have that bleed through into your articles. And I think that way, even if you even if you don't end up you know, making it to a point where you're making some side income doing it, you'll still have fun with it and enjoy what you're doing. And if you were, let's say you were starting today from scratch, right? I mean, you let's cool. say they said, all right, you know what? Uh, it's not fan tracks anymore. It's no more tool shed. You have your your career behind you on your resume, mm-hmm. but you said, okay, you are a free agent kind of. What do you think you would start doing today? If if I were to leave the fantasy community, you're if saying? you were, no, well, no, I'm saying staying inside of it. But let's oh, okay. say you're not attached to fan tracks. You have the full freedom to do whatever you wanted to do. What would you go off and do? Would it be try to find a uh, a spot at another site? Would it be to start your own thing? How would you approach it? That is a great question. I think, I think at first I would probably try to find like another site to write for, but mm-hmm. also maybe start the process of a, of a new site. Uh, I, I do. I always have some ideas kicking around in the back of my head about oh, what, yeah. would be, what would be cool. Oh, this would be cool. This would be cool to do. And I've brought yeah, a lot of those up fun. to the I mean, and I've tried to implement a lot of those at fan tracks, you know, sometimes we yeah. can do it, sometimes we can't do it. But yeah, so I think I'd probably try to, you know, latch on some results to, to a big site and then, you know, maybe start uh, on the side, start a, you know, a little side project and see if that could grow to something bigger. And of course, Pitcherless is the first one you'd go to. Of course. But uh, <laughs> of course. No, um, the 
I, I've had this question in my head a lot just about uh, understanding, like, you know, what Pitcherless is now after eight years. And I uh, really thinking like, okay, but what, what kind of message is it sending? Um, like, oh, this thing exists, trying to replicate it or not. And if I, if I think to myself, like, all right, I can't do anything pictureless anymore. That's gone. Let's just say, which it won't be. Never, never, ever <laughs> is it going to be gone. No, nobody get worried or out there. <laughs> right. Um, but what would I do? And I think, I, I mean, I, I can imagine a lot of people in this situation where they don't have a website and they feel like the relationship that they have with their current place isn't great or they want to try something different. Right. And I, I think I, it's very nice and comforting for me to have these backup plans mm-hmm. of just knowing that, okay, in these situations, I know I'd be fine because of X, Y, and Z. And I think what I would do is I would start a sub stack mm-hmm. that would carry my articles. Um, that would be a subscription of X amount a month or so. Um, I would, I understand the Patreon route of having posts inside of that. I, there's something very nice about Substack to me that's very straightforward while Patreon is a little bit more um I don't know kind of obtuse with the reward system and everything it's like it's so much more focused on that than mm-hmm. with Substack's like you're getting my writing here you go and, and yep. it's nicely done right and there's something nice about it, especially considering I do the SP roundup every day or whatever and like that that's just every day and there it is um but I think about you know, yes, I would podcast every day and try and get that going. I would keep this and all of that. But uh, video content to me is always this weird, just it's hanging there. Uh, and there's I a part you, of yeah. me that would, I think there's so much space in the baseball world um, for it. If you look at every every form of entertainment, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling, y'all. Um, <laughs> I But baseball is just entertainment right we are entertainers ultimately um we're really smart and brilliant no uh but it's that's just what we do right we're we're entertaining and everything uh, everything out there what what, what whether you're watching i don't know the house of the dragon or it's a marvel film or it's a video game right they all have their communities and their premier content creators inside of it. it it's how it all works they rely on each other to get the community involved, word of mouth, all of that. Everybody's feeding it, right? Yep. And baseball is no different. And it's pretty small, I think, relative to what I've seen in other things. Based on how much money is involved, with, based on the interests of the giant audience, the video portion of that community is much smaller than you think. Because, I mean, like, yes, we know about John Boy. We know about, obviously, Foolish Baseball, Bailey, my hero. Um, but I mean, you have a couple others, you have fuzzy, you have obviously draft neck Mark, but there's, there are different types of things. And I mean, I think about the fancy world and analysis, there is so much to be done with it. And considering how much easier than ever it is to make a local, a quote unquote studio as I rabbit ears this. I mean, I have some lights, I have a camera. The one thing that is like the expensive thing is the camera, but everything else is you know, you can make a scene really, really easily. And yep. you can even use your iPhone now if, you know, uh, with the next iOS. Uh, if you have like a MacBook and an iPhone, you don't even need a new camera. You can literally just use that, um, which is incredible. Now with the next iOS, the, the next OS for, for Mac. So this is a whole way of saying the ability to look good on video is so much easier if you just take like 
a little bit of time, you know, maybe get a green screen for like $40, um, like a couple $30 lights or whatever. And you can make some baseball content. You can actually like just go and do it um, way easier than before. I feel like that is if I'm going to invest three months into a project of like this is what I'm going to do and it's going to do it with a resume. Oh, boy, I have yeah. I have put that into my head so many times. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it just, it just takes a lot though. You have to really, really be at it, but man, that is not going away. The, the world of video and YouTube and whatever it is that wherever, wherever it is, is not going to die. So, I mean, maybe YouTube will, but there'll be something else in its place. Always And that skill, that skill of video editing and to be able to make a video, Ooh. Oh, that is something I that's just always rattling in my head. Sorry, I I told no, you it'd be a ramble. So, so, no, there I'm, it is. I'm right. I'm right there with you, man. I've actually it's something uh, Chris Clegg and I started uh, focusing on when we were kind of sitting down. Like, all right, let's kind of get our thoughts out there. Maybe do some plans for the off season and you know leading into 2023. And we we have we had had a YouTube channel. We did sporadic video on it. We're like, hey, let's really try to ramp that up because I think that's definitely. Just have at least one video outlet, whether you do, you know, TikTok or, or YouTube. We th- we preferred YouTube to TikTok. So mm-hmm. we've been trying to, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've gotten, you know, seven, eight, nine videos, just doing rankings videos, player breakdowns, stuff like that. Like I did one on like Brayon Bayo. He said one on O'Neill Cruz. Just trying to get that up and going. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That's something I've been, you know, on my own trying to enhance my skills. So that wasn't something I had a a big, you know, a big background in up until recently. And I still don't, I'm still, I'm not even sure if I call myself intermediate. If I am, I'm on the, the low end of intermediate <laughs> in terms of like, you yeah, know, the sure. skills and, but I'm trying to do the same thing. Like I, we were talking before we started recording about, you know, this is like my bedroom slash office. I'm trying to find the right setup for, you know, video stuff and the right equipment and whatnot. I'm still kind of tinkering around with everything. So yeah, that's something I've been working on. I'm probably gonna get some better lighting soon, better camera so on and so forth. I, I need to get myself a green screen as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely there with you. Video definitely has a lot of perks and a lot of growth potential, especially in this industry where right. I think we've gotten, there's a lot of written content, which is great. Obviously that's what I do a lot of, a lot of audio content. You know, we both do a lot of that as well. And that, that video side, I think that's got the most uh, potential room for growth over the next you know, yeah. handful of years, well, whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of things here. One, first of all, creating a website is not something I would do now. It just yeah, isn't. That's tough. I, I, I mean, it's taken ages to be what it is right now with, with PictureList. And it, that's because I think that inside the space of, of baseball websites, we can exist. Um, there are things that we can do that is different. But it also, I mean, I'm trying to create the greatest player pages ever. And that is not a cheap thing to do. Um, and that's, you know, if, I, if I'm just like, okay, I just want a place to house what I want to say and, and entertain. I mean, think of it this way. Um, you're trying to get, let's just say you're trying to get $100 a day, right? Let's just say that that is the goal, right? I, then you can say, all right, let's say the typical CPM rates, that is cost per mil, that is mills being a thousand. So every thousand that you get for a certain type of content, right? If you do it well with, with your articles, you can get about 10 to 15 or something like that. Let's say it's 
Um, with YouTube, I think it's around five to seven or so. And then with podcasting, it's about, um, depends on what kind of stuff you're doing. If you're doing host red, it's typically like 15 to 20. Um, if you're doing uh, like programmatic stuff, it's about $5 or so. Um, you might be able to get $10 of programmatic. If you don't know the difference there, programmatic is where it's like, here's your local Toyota dealer. While I, you know, host red is them sending me like the LinkedIn jobs that you're going to hear um, earlier in this one, or maybe something else that you heard. Um, and that's sent to you in a script and everything. That's the host reading them. And what I'm, what the reason I'm saying all of this is everything is just, you're spending time, whether it's writing an article, doing a podcast, recording a video, that then you're trying to get some CPM rate back for, right? So if you write an article, that means to make $100 a day on it, that means you need to get 10,000 views of, of that article or across all of them. For YouTube, that would be, you need 20,000, right? For a podcast, you need about 5,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think of it like that, then it's about finding the easiest way for you to get that. Now, I would say the hardest one to climb is article, by far to me, to have a sustainable one. I mean, if you put out a really good article, you will get, you'll get legs for like a day or two. You know, maybe you'll get some people referencing it unless you figure out exactly how to make it the the perfect SEO article. (laughs) Like we have a couple on our site that are just they happen to do well. You know, we don't know why we crack the code on that one or two, you know, but those pop up every so often. Right. Um, And it's just that there it is. Do not bank on that. You can try. You can play that game, but really, really hard to do. Um, YouTube videos, though. I feel a lot of those, especially if you do the right kinds of ones, those can stick around for ages. And, you know, I still get, you know, the Shohei Otani ones are still getting views for us. Shocking. (laughs) I know more at 11, I should just do a whole Shohei Otani every start breakdown channel. But I I mean, honestly, if I... (laughs) Well, I was really <laughs> like doing it for like a business thing. I was just like, I'm a Shohei channel. Right. I mean, you say that jokingly, but man, that <laughs> that might actually have That would be the next. most profitable event. Yeah, that would be. Oh my God. I have my Shohei shirt after all. Yeah. Um, but right. But you understand, I think when I what I'm getting at is think of if you think of your business like that, of I am taking time to create content, how you know what milestones do we need to hit for each of these how do i cultivate them and if i put in effort today will i see that effort paid tomorrow in a month two months and so on and doing an, an a, a website is the hardest one right now i'm very lucky in so many ways to have the team that i have with me the uh the timing of stuff the uh, the community to embrace us in many ways. Uh, I mean, there's so much involved in luck that we've gotten with it just mm-hmm. to be at a state where we're still trying to figure everything out, you know? Right. Um, like we're not a corporate site. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 but right. So, so if you were starting today, um, yeah, a Patreon, Hey, you're trying to get a hundred dollars a day. Okay. That means you need 3000 a month, right? Yep. Maybe that can be something you work you work towards, especially if you have a resume saying, look, I'm promising X, Y, and Z. And then so getting that $100 a day is through, I make two articles a day. And that's, each of those do 50 in return, essentially, right? Maybe that works. Yep. Um, it, it, it's very interesting. So I don't know where I was going with all of that. But <laughs> I, 
Uh, oh, and the other thing, sorry, video. Hi. Hey, what's up, video? Video requires two very important things to me. One is you gotta you gotta make sure it looks right. Um, and what I mean by that is a thumbnail needs to be important, the title needs to be important, and the lighting and kind of just the the editing of it needs to be a good even pace to it, needs to have everything right. It can't like I have have dabbled with, you know what, maybe I should put these like Pollock and Friends episodes as a video. Mm-hmm. Or um, you know, Nick and Alex baseball show or whatever it is. Every podcast I do has an incorporating video, and we still might do that. It's not to me, these aren't really what videos are supposed to be. I would be I uh, maybe I'm very much missing this, but I don't expect someone to just sit there and watch a video of me sitting there and talking. I uh, like this, especially this. Uh, <laughs> but uh it's it's different. And if you're going into video, the second part is you have to embellish. You have to perform. Right. This, this, you know, writing, we don't have to perform. You know, you just have to write. Yep. I'm performing a little on podcasts, but it's not really, you know, it's me. Yeah. Videos, okay. you have to perform. And if you are not a performer, don't be a performer. You know, it's not for everybody. Uh, and, and I'm not saying you have to be loud and big and everything. But you have to, you know, be a certain way um, if you want that to legitimately grow. So yeah. that that's that's all I got. I got to stop talking. My God, this is the Eric <laughs> Cross podcast. Jesus, what am I doing? No, it's, good, it's, doing? it's good stuff, though. Like, and I totally agree with that. It's funny because, you know, my kids, I'm sure like a lot of kids out there that are, you know, age 10 or younger love watching YouTube. And there's a channel my son loves watching. It's called Lanky Box. My son's okay. six years old, by the way. It's called Lanky Box, and all they do is it's these two, what I believe to be teenage kids, 16-ish years old, and they mm-hmm. just do random Pokemon and Minecraft and stuff videos, and I find them insanely annoying, but they have that personality, right? They, they're performing, and I look right. at like their channel. They have like 21 million subscribers on YouTube, so I'm like, yeah. hey, they got to be doing something, right? And I'm, I know there's a lot more out there like that. So yeah, with video, you absolutely have to perform because- People see you. It's not just your voice on a podcast or right. your writing in an article. They see you and everything about you, your facial expression and everything else. So, yeah, it's definitely a different animal and one that I'm trying to gain more and more experience in. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think we all are trying to figure that one out. Yep. Um. So so walk me through a normal day for Eric Cross. I mean, you have the fan track stuff that you're focused more on now than the others that you were mentioning. You also, of course, uh, I think you were mentioning you had some other stuff that you're working on. Let's say it's Tuesday in June. What is what is Eric Cross day like? Yeah, it's a long day. It's funny. I don't sleep much, which definitely helps because I get I'm up. About, <laughs> I get up about six a.m. every morning. Oh wow! Uh, get get my get myself ready, and then get my two kids up, get them ready for school, all that fun stuff. Get them off to the bus, and then get the day job during the day. After that, go get the kids. So they get off the bus at my mother's house because thankfully she's around to get them off the bus and then go home, do dinner, do the dad thing, get them to bed. So by about eight o'clock or so, that's when a lot of my content stuff and fantasy mm-hmm. work and all that stuff starts really starts every night. Yeah, yeah I do. I, sometimes I have time during the day if I have a day off or 
or whatever. I'll do a podcast and have the kids just don't come in the room for an hour or so. But uh, a lot of my content creation starts after I get them to bed 8, 8.30 every night. Then I'm writing, I'm podcasting. Usually Chris and I don't even record till about 9 p.m. Sure. Uh, East, East Coast time, making videos and whatnot. But in fact, I only sleep about four or five hours a night. I'm up till 1, 2 a.m., you know, oh every day doing, yeah. you know, it's, it's not always doing content stuff until 1, well, 2 a.m. Of course, a. M., but, so you have to have, so, you know, there, there's other yeah. things in your life. You're right. Yeah, sometimes you just want to relax and watch a movie or something or watch a game, yeah. you know, watch watch a game without having to right. write about it. But yeah, so that's basically 6 a.m. to so, 2 a.m. <laughs> what are your, I mean, what are your obligations when it comes to fan tracks? So it's, it's good. It's gotten to the point where I kind of, along with Doug Anderson, who's our editor, has been with us for a while now. Him and I kind of run the the content part of the site. We have others that, you know, the other side, people that handle all the plat- fantasy platform stuff. Sure. So Doug and I can just focus on, you know, the content side. So it's really, it's gotten to the point where I can not necessarily make my own schedule, do what I want, but it's gotten to the point where I, I've, I have a lot of flexibility on when I put stuff out, you know, it's not like, Hey, I have to do it X, Y, and Z though. I try to stick to a schedule, obviously. Cause I think that, I think that is important to have some sort of mm-hmm. you know, schedule and, and normalcy to things. But uh, yeah, so I, I do uh, obviously all the content I do, I, I interact with all of our other writers to, especially on the baseball side, Doug handles more of like the football stuff, uh, basketball, etc. But just, you know, content planning for the entire site, you know, what article is coming out every day, every week, every month, etc. You know, the all the podcast stuff. It's kind of handling the, you know, all the other people that write for us and, you know, making myself available to them to talk about ideas and what they want to do uh, to try to help them out. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of that. So it's, it's I'd say about 75 percent making content, whatever that details. Then the other 25% with fan tracks is just all the all the other intangibles that, that you know, yeah. a lot of the behind the scenes oh, stuff, <laughs> planning and organizing. and They never teach you that, that you know, they you, never, you, you, you got to learn on the fly. And that's the thing, like I started there just normal writer and then I kind of progressed and progressed and other people left. So it was like, all right, Doug and I, we're doing, we're running the show now. So you kind of learn, you know, the, the people skills and the organizational stuff behind running a website uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, with how Pitchless has grown over the last, you know, eight years, like you said. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of stuff that no one teaches you and you kind of have to learn on your own. But, hey, I've always been that kind of way. Kind of learn, you know, as you go, hands on, kind of learn on the fly. It's always been my kind of mentality. So it it kind of worked. And you now we, we are where we are now. Yeah. I mean, OK, so first of all, you guys use Slack, I assume. Yes. Yeah. OK. I. That is, I mean, I spent a lot of my day in Discord. Um, the PL Plus crew might not know because I'm not in the, the the normal baseball general as I used to be. But man, there is, it's, I find a joy in it. I, I if I had to go to school now, there'd be two things. If I'm like 18 year old Nick that you need to be, a, you know, set off your career. There are two aspects that I would go into. One would be UI UX because, oh, I love UI UX. I am addicted to this. <laughs> uh, the craft of where a button is, how the, uh, you know, how the discussions here's, you know what, I'm going to do this. Um, you are presented with uh, a question here. It says, all right, you have the yes and cancel buttons. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to present this at the bottom of a thing, right? This is a UI UX question. Um, in what order do you do yes or cancel? In what do order? Do, it's from left to right. So is it going to be the yes button first and then the cancel or the, oh, the cancel gotcha. button first and say yes? And generally, you're, you, uh, you expect the high percentage of them are going to be clicking yes. I think yes on the left. Why do you think yes on the left? I think just human, at least for where we are, obviously, mm-hmm. at other different other parts of the world. But we were taught when we were reading, obviously, read left to right. So I think yeah. I think I think the brain naturally, again, different other parts of the world. But for us here, you know, in the United States, our brain, I think, just naturally, when you see like whether it's a line of text, you're right. You're or, reading it left to right. Yeah, you're reading it left to right. So that's and yeah. when. I'm thinking for me personally too. When I've seen it backwards, where like either no or cancel or whatever is yeah, on yeah. the left, just, and, yeah. and yes confirms on the right, I get a little thrown off. I'm like, I go, my mouse goes. I go, oh, nope, gotta go over here now. So mm. yeah, so I think left. So I, that's that's exactly what I thought. Right, I was like, of course, it's got to be yes to the left. You're looking for yes. There it is. There's the first one. What they found was that uh, users would go see the yes but see that there's another thing so then their eye will go to the right and they'd see cancel then they go back to the left and then you just click yes but if you reversed it you see cancel first and then you go to the ah, right once so and you've it, already a, seen both options yep. and you click yes so it's it's a it's a one less visual one movement. less move yeah. right okay and, I, see, I can see that yeah and that to me is just so fascinating of like duh but there, it, it's uh, it's it, it's counterintuitive. Every every right. time I ask this question, everyone exa- answers exactly like you do because that's of course you, that's the one I'm looking for. You should show me the first one first. And it's questions like that. Uh, I I love I love piecing it together. So I would go back to school for that. I also go back for for product management. I mean that's essentially what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, obviously I I rank pictures and I write about it and I enjoy that massively. Um, but what I've realized is I mean we have over 100 staffers here. Uh, and I, what I would do without Miles Nelson, I have no idea. Um, VP uh, with Alex Fast now. Congratulations, Miles. Uh, but uh, very well deserved as he's you know, helped me organize so much and coordinate everybody. And that sounds like what you're doing a lot is product management, right? Yeah, absolutely. And do you, do you enjoy that part? I do. Yeah, I, I, def- I definitely do. The, you know, obviously growing... You know, my personal brand and my own name has been a, a fun journey, but growing the site and all that goes along with it has been really fun as well. Like I said, I started there in the beginning. I remember what it was like back in the, you know, the baby phase of, of it and getting it going and to where it is now. So I consider Fantrax my baby, even though it's not my sure. company, obviously. No, but, but still. Uh, but still, like I've been there since the beginning and growing it, helping growing it to where it is now, along with help from Doug Anderson Chris Clegg and, and others, it's you definitely take a lot of pride in that and oh, making yeah. sure that every aspect of it, whether it's, you know, audio, video, site layout, you know, perks, all that fun stuff is as best as you can and trying to always, you know, make advancements and whatnot. So, yeah, that definitely is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. In that way, I mean, what is a good example of an idea that you had for fan tracks that you saw to completion that like you saw them actually implement this and make it. And it's much better for it. I think really getting the podcast going because at first it was just, 
you know, a, a written content site, right? But mm-hmm. I was like, hey, we, we need to branch out. And I'm still trying to work on that word. The next phase that we went from written to written and audio. And I think we have a, you know, pretty solid group of podcasts here across various sports is trying to get the, you know, I said, it goes back to the video, right? You know, always is try, it's try all to going to video guys. Right. I'm telling you right that. now. Exactly. Trying to do that for both, you know, my, myself and plus the tool shed brand with, with Chris Clegg and then trying to gain some more traction with the video for just fan tracks in general, uh, trying to get that going, I think is the next step, but yeah, it's a never ending process, right? Once you, you have one idea, you, you run with it. And then when you get that to a point where you're at least comfortable with it, all right, this has some legs, it has some staying power. All right. What's the next? You always got to keep looking because if you're not thinking about what's next, someone else is and then you lose out or you fall behind, you know? So yeah. What the next is, is the fun for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, We're always uh, trying to think think of ways to even Chris, Chris Craig and I were like, all right, what are some things we can do that haven't been done before or have, uh, have only been done a little bit to have a lot more potential. And that's where I was kind of thinking like, all right, what's that, that revolutionary idea that's gonna, you know, give you more traction and, and kind of make a name for yourself even more. That's, that's always right. fun trying to trying to brainstorm those ideas. That's always fun. I mean, just you wait for PL8. Oh man. Oh geez. It's coming in February guys. <laughs> I look for, it's funny. I look forward to, you know, I've, you, you've been, you know, picture list and, and you've been around a couple years longer than me and fan tracks, but it's fun where people that I've, I've known since the beginning seeing them grow it's always fun to see what you know my oh, you know, yeah. my, my industry friends are doing and, and all their projects and sites and, and this and that so Absolutely. i get excited for, for picture lists yeah. the, the new well, pl6 7 8 well I you mean, gotta have the new iphone man that, yeah. that uh, that's such a what i learned it's like why don't we have grand reveals in our community of right. course we're adding features we're creating new products like let's make it a big thing right like, right and, and going back to your like you mentioned your player pages they're phenomenal. Oh, they are thanks, Eric. Absolutely, they're beautiful. You, oh, you got video and and breakdowns and and number everything you could want. Especially, I go there all the time. Especially when I'm looking at pictures. Especially, take it, note, it's, everyone. It's do great. your off season research at Pitchers Player Pages. That's the real takeaway from this one. No, thanks absolutely. a lot, Eric. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it's it's great stuff. I love it. I'll, I'll share with you after maybe a little. A little bit of what what that next thing is but really the idea is it's it's i think we're in a space that's really interesting which is i think the most surprising part about baseball to me is how i don't know i, I mean I, I think still it's in its infancy of development when it comes to observation and stats um the fact that i was able to just discover one i'm not, i didn't invent one i discovered one um like a couple of years ago with csw and everything was like wait all right there is obviously space for people to have ideas and implement them, right? I mean, right. I've seen stuff at Baseball Prospectus as fantastic, great usage of, um, you know, like PCRA or whatever, and like just oh, cool, this is this is really really good, and I uh, there is much more opportunity in the public space than I think a lot of other communities, um, which is fascinating. I mean, compared even to football, there's much more data to go through. You can come up with these really interesting lenses and perspectives for the game that are not duplicated and honestly i think one of the things that allows me to be a thing is um 
uh, just focusing on one element of it. I mean, it's what you do. Uh, you you are one of the 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 prospect leaders uh, of the community, and that's because all right, I'm just taking this one thing and I'm going to figure out every element of this craft and then go hard at it. And you think like, oh yeah, I know we can just kind of do this, but no, it's it, it takes time and effort to to understand it, but it is accessible, right? right? Um, it is there, and the opportunity is there for people to figure this out as well and be able to articulate and, and dissect that craft. So, and, and that way, baseball is so fun. It really Absolutely. is. I mean, I I don't watch enough. I want to watch everything. I want to watch literally every single pitch thrown every single day. I can't. I wish I could. That'd be, that'd be I, awesome, I, wouldn't it? <laughs> that I mean, that, but then I would also be a much better analyst. You know, right? I would feel there are there are gaps that I have all the time that I need to accept. But it's uh, you know, there's so much potential with it because of that football, though, like everyone watches all the stupid games, you know, everyone knows the thing and that's it. You're done. And you got right. nothing for the rest of the week. And it's like, what? No. <laughs> How am I supposed to do anything interesting in this space? You know, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, man. You got to. So, I mean, it goes back to what you said initially. You got to be unique in some way. I couldn't agree more about that. Um, I don't want that to blur uh, a piece of advice I give to everybody, which is to emulate at first, um, especially when you're that, that's more so for your the craft of writing. Um, really emulate. That's with everything. A good. Uh, uh, what is it? Good artists copy. Great artists steal. Right. And you have to get to the copy part first to be at least good. Yep. Um, so uh, so definitely be doing that. But right. I find I was fine. I, I, I was really lucky to to stand on the shoulders of Enosaurus. And Gray Albright, right? Gray, uh, you know, for like pitching focus, Gray for like showcasing, hey, blurb writing is good. <laughs> Here's my daily rundown. Like, great, that's a good idea. I'll do it just for pitchers. And there you go, done, you know? Um, yep. Like those guys I, I'm staying on the shoulders of. And it's important, uh, you know, to find what is unique about you, um, but also do so while taking your favorite parts from others. Yeah, um, that's kind of kind yeah. of what starting to jump in. That's kind of what I did a little no, bit. Please. The one person I could say I emulated a little bit in terms of like style was you know uh, Brad Evans, who has been you know he's oh, yeah. kind of a, a football sure. guy too. He's a multi sport guy, but so I remember growing up playing. I played you know primarily on Yahoo. I didn't really know about fan tracks, but I saw you know uh, Brandon Funston and Scott Pianowski and Brad Evans, and seeing you know how he was kind of the flair he had. That, that drew me in. I'm like, all right, this guy is interesting. He's not boring. So I kind of like, all right, that's why I came, came up with my own personal um, kind of saying, like professional flair. Have fun with it. Have, you know, be a little out there, but not be too out there, right? And still be professional about it. That so kind of right. like, all right, he's he did that, kind of drew me in. So I'm like, let me, let me use that. So I stand out a little bit. Sure. Uh, Brad Evans, man. And what a great example. I mean, we all watch those you, you, uh, you Yahoo videos of March Madness, you know, yeah. uh, fighting a line eye, you know, the downside <laughs> is that you're right. And um, I actually was really lucky. I um, quick story. I have a, I have a Brad Evans story. I okay. uh, believe it or not. Um, in 2020, we partnered with Fade the Noise mm-hmm. uh, FTN, right? Um, and, uh, with Kevin Adams and everything, love those guys. Fantastic. We worked with them. It was fun. Um, and I remember actually in the first call about like, Hey, we're going to partner with them. Brad Evans was in it. Right. That's one who I think they were, they were linked up and I love Brad, man. He came on to this call. He was just having a fun time with it. 
was joking like that he was all right. I'm going. Uh, you guys talk about baseball. I'm just going to go and get a margarita or something. He wasn't going. To, he was just joking around. <laughs> but he said, "What do you guys got? X fip? I'm all about that X sip." And <laughs> that's I couldn't right. believe it. I thought that I thought that was great. You guys just having a fun time. with like, ah, oh, Brad Evans, you're everything. I, you're, you're the best. <laughs> He, he, um, he strikes me as a guy that comes off in real life and is like over no, the was, phone. Exactly totally how he nice. appears yeah, on yeah. his stuff. Yeah. No, I, yeah, but it, but it was, it wasn't like, you know, there are people that can act like that, that you're just like rolling your eyes at and are just obnoxious or something. Not Brad Evans. No, uh, it was, it was great. He was having a fun time. You know, they made it all fun with all of us. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great play person to emulate. Uh, I love that choice. Um, so, uh, one more question, and then I want to get to the one that I ask everybody here. Um, as we've already gone pretty much the entire way through, and I've taken so much of your time, Eric. I ac- actually have because I've talked so much in this one. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so here you are right now at Fantrax. I talked about worst case scenario, but I want to talk now about best case scenario. And what, you know, if, if if you say, okay, this is the goal I want to get for myself. Let's say it's two years, five years, 20 years, whatever it is. What is that ultimate goal for you? What is that end game? The end game, I think, is to be doing this full time. You know, mm-hmm. I love and I'm a big component of do what you love. Um, you know, what's that old saying? If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life or whatever that yeah. saying is. I, I I kind of like I love that saying because obviously we love doing this. I love do. I've always loved doing this. I love doing everything about it and I want to do it more. You know, a lot of times when I'm at my, you know, working during the day doing non fantasy baseball stuff, my brain is still thinking like, all right, am I going to I'm going to write this tonight. I'm going to record this. I'm going to do this um, kind of making like a checklist for myself for the night. So I, I want to be able to just be doing stuff during the day. And, you know, when I have days off vacations, whatever it is, and I can able to do stuff during the day, it's always fun. Like, I think I, I get more even more motivated during the day. Because, you know, sometimes at night it's like, oh, you've already done a lot of stuff during the day and you're kind of tired. But I think, yeah, my goal is to be full time in this, you know, within the next probably two years. I think that's where I'm kind of by the end of like 2024 or so. I want to be able to be Mm full time in this. Just, you know, hopefully that's still at Fantrax, obviously, because I said I've kind of been there from the beginning. I want to keep going there. Uh, I have a lot of, you know, loyalty to Fantrax. They've been great to me. Um but just getting to that point where I can just do baseball content, even if it's like maybe some non-base, maybe non-base uh, fantasy stuff, even if it's just normal, quote unquote, real life baseball stuff. Just being able to do this all the time, you know, 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, 4 p.m. on a Thursday, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think that's my goal is just to keep growing myself, growing fan tracks and getting to the point where I can do this and have it be, you know, have the financial aspect of it there as well because obviously i'm a single parent got to support my two children and all that goes along with that so that's the other big aspect of i need it to be financially there um and that's where i'm striving to be so hopefully next couple years i can get there we'll see though but i'm not gonna the work is gonna keep going on to get to that point sure so i mean so it's full-time in the space right is there a certain format that you want um is i just want to do articles i just want to go to games and watch them report them i just want to do podcasts how does that look i haven't really kind of narrowed it down to that because uh, i love doing it all so i i've done different things i've obviously written you know game reporting and you know audio video so i think just 
keeping my options open to wherever it leads me because you never know what is going to pop up, whether, you know, it's a, it's a beat thing or it's, you know, fantasy thing, you know, whatever it may be. So I enjoy doing it all. So I don't really, that part doesn't really matter to me, honestly. You know, Mm -hmm. I have certain things I like doing a little more than other things, but I think just being full time doing baseball stuff, the sport that I love sport that I've been, I've loved and played since I was, you know, in diapers, basically. (laughs) I think, I think, I think that's just the, the end game. So whatever that looks like, I'm fine with. I I just got to have a lucite table, you know, that that's the most important thing. I got to have a lucite table where I put my hand, my, all five fingers of my hand, like a claw on the table as I talk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I have the tent, my palm is in the air, all five fingers on the table as I speak. Um, that That's the most important goal for me. Uh, but Eric, uh, so one more question that I ask everybody here. Um, a little different. And uh, what is your mantra? I I think you know the one that I keep circling back to. It's it's a cliche one, but it kind of fits with me. Is you know the work hard, play hard. Sure. One, yeah. Because like I said, if you I I kind of say this with with my you know coworkers for for non fantasy stuff as well, like day job stuff, where if you enjoy what you do or or make it enjoyable however you can do that you know you're gonna i think better work is gonna come out of it right, right. and and then over to for fantasy you know, if you work hard at what you do you're gonna be able to enjoy it a lot more i think mm-hmm. so yeah kind of the work hard play hard is always one that i've kind of lived by yeah i i mean i i think that's uh something i strive to do um yeah I, it, I think, it doesn't always it, it, it's easy, no, but it's easy to beat up on yourself, right? When you're right. not, you know, there's a certain time that I should be working on this and that's nagging at you and then you can't enjoy the thing you want to do because you're focused on that other bit and it just gets in the way. And I I love that mantra of if it, as long as you can keep telling yourself that. It's not necessarily about living the mantra. It's about right focusing on it, you know, making it an important part, right? And And, and one player that kind of, you know, encapsulates that um, Pedro Martinez, obviously being mm-hmm. a, a Red Sox fan growing up watching Pedro in his heyday, late 90s, early 2000s. You know, I remember like when it was Pedro's day to pitch, that mm-hmm. work hard mentality was there, right? He was sure. one of those guys that he'd get in the zone, you know, don't talk to me. I'm here to do my thing. I'm here to do what I get paid to do. And then you see him when it was his off day, he'd be in the dugout being the best teammate you could ever ask for, right. you know, joking around like, I don't know if you remember the game where they taped him to the pole in the dugout. Oh like yeah, he was, he was just attached to the pole for like four innings or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But that was the play hard thing. So I kind of like be Pedro was almost like the su- kind of the sub mantra mm. to the you know the mantra sure. where it's like he kind of encapsulates the work hard, play hard. So I'm like this be right. Pedro. That's my my other mantra. That reminds me of one. Um, there's a time and place for everything. That is yes, hundred uh, percent. And I think I think that's an interesting way of uh, of phrasing it as well. So, so a different aspect of it, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, Eric, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this. Remind everybody uh, the things that are on the horizon for you and where they can find your work. Yeah. No, thanks, Nick. This was a lot of fun. This hour honestly yeah. flew by. Just this is a there was no script. It was just fun. Just no. two two buddies talking life, That's, talking baseball. Welcome, welcome to Nick Pollock and friends. Huh? Talking shop. You know, it's, it was a lot of fun. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed this. 
Uh, find me on Twitter at Eric Cross zero four. You know stuff at Fantrax, the Fantrax Toolshed Podcast, and Patreon, the YouTube channel as well. A lot of fun stuff. I, I think you can agree to with this that sometimes a lot of the off season stuff is even more kind of can be fun, you know, or more fun than in season stuff at times. You know, like mm-hmm. get a lot of fun ideas that you kind of like. Oh, I'll, I'll put that off, but. So a lot, a lot of fun stuff coming up. You know, obviously a lot of dynasty and prospect work over on the fantasy side, uh, getting ready for first pitch Arizona in two weeks. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A w- w- lot of fun stuff. Come to me in first pitch Arizona. We'll tell you all about it. Absolutely. Um, so that's going to do it for today's episode of Nick Pollock and friends. I thank everybody for listening to us. My name is Nick Pollock and that was my friend, Eric Cross. <laughs>